पहले बकवास पकड़ना या नहीं करना मैं थॉर की रेटिंग पूछा था तेरे से मेरा ऑडियो खराब था थॉर की रेटिंग इसने तो 2 दिया अरे अरेन गिव इट 2 मेरा स्टैंडर्ड थोड़ी है यार मतलब दो दिया अभी तो मैं नहीं जा रहा देखने भाई हां डोंट रियली मतलब इवन जर्मी जांस का रिव्यू आई सॉ इट घर आके एंड आई वाज सो सरप्राइज बिकॉज़ आई लेजिट मेड द सेम पॉइंट्स ऑन माय नोट्स कि इट वाज इट सीम लाइक अ पैरोडी ऑफ द थॉर वर्जन इन इटसेल्फ ऑफ द कैरेक्टर and i made the same notes ki it's like what are they even doing like 40 minutes first 40 50 minutes are just aise random they are just constantly figuring out what to do with the story and laughs to dur ki baat hai i have hardly chuckled like three times throughout the movie wow and more sanjit, than that i have cringed <laughs> sanjit bolstering your argument against mcu yeah yeah, yeah. thank you Yeah, same. I thought, you know, I was, I was le- legit debating because I, I like Taika Waititi, I like Thor Ragnarok quite a lot. Yeah. I love. So, मतलब I thought कि यार the last Marvel movies that I watch are the ones which is Sam Raimi and Taika Waititi, and then I stop. But yeah, I stop. I mean, Waititi has a lot to answer for already. I think so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, this is not a Taika Waititi episode. We already had that okay. in uh, Free Guy. Oh my God! Okay, okay, chalo, let's begin. Okay, hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Queen is Dead. I am Sanjeev. I have Dhruv and Aryan with me, and today we have a very special guest with us, Shashwat, who is a critic for uh, Hyun Films, and he also previously appeared for the post Oscar bashing. Was it bashing? Jabs. It was Sanjeev. Jabs. 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 I think so. I yeah. It was Jabs. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. So yeah. Hello, Shashwat. How are you? <laughs> hello, hello, Dhruv. Hello, Sanjeev. Hello, Aryan. Hello. Also, so midway through the year, we are talking about a best of the year, but we aren't really listing down just the top threes of what we've seen in any language so far. Uh, yeah, lots to talk. Because we Aryan. are not spoiled for choice in terms of. Like Hindi uh, films and in like Hindi different films, sure. yeah. I mean, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, uh, various films. Arun, yeah. begin with your first film, sir. Okay, so one of the first films that I loved at the start of the year was mm-hmm. Richard Linklater's direct to Netflix film Apollo Ten and a Half, A Space Which is Childhood. <laughs> yeah, I'm acting Which like those common. members of the Academy, like. पूरा नाम बोल के सो आई वाज दैट मूवी एंड आई लव लिंकलेटर एंड आई ऑलमोस्ट लव हिज एंटायर फिल्मोग्राफी बिकॉज़ ही सीम्स टू बी वन ऑफ द फ्यू कंटेम्पररी फिल्म मेकर्स हु रियली मेशेस कॉग्निटिव कैरेक्टर्स एंड सेरिब्रल ड्रामा एंड डायलॉग विद फ्री फ्लोटिंग नैरेटिव विद अ गुड बिट ऑफ नॉस्टैल्जिया एंड मेलेनकोली रूमिंग इन द एयर एंड अपोलो 10 एंड अ हाफ आई थिंक इट्स जस्ट It's the culmination of everything the director has done, and every echo mm-hmm. that he showed in the before trilogy in films like Taste and Confused. Uh, mm-hmm. What was the uh, everything uh, that twenty sixteen film? Oh, everybody oh, wants. Oh, everybody some. wants some. Everybody wants some. Yeah. Yeah. So this film, and I think. This is the only film in quite a long time which was mm. not nostalgic for the sake of you know playing into the cashing into the nostalgia because it actually showed how a particular time status quo can nurture children mm-hmm. growing up in that era right and it mm-hmm. captured that era in based in United States uh, and Houston Texas it's based upon right yeah. set in that era 
Correct. Yeah, correct. so it, it's set basically during the age of space race. Okay, so everyone wanted mm-hmm. to become an astronaut. Every kid wanted to become an astronaut. Mm-hmm. And what better way to show that fantasy through animation? And he loves doing mm-hmm. animation this way, right? I forget Not what that term is. Yeah, Not so that's what he did with that film uh, starring uh, mm. Keanu Reeves and Robert Downey Jr. Oh, I love that film. Canada. Yeah. I love that film. Waking Life, I think. So I love the way he uses animation and this film, I think. And I just, the film just got better for me during the climax Mm. end sequence when the way he chooses to show the dream sequence, okay, the way Mm. he chooses to show the actual moon landing and the way it's it's intercut, right? Yeah, it's, it's perfect. I mean, I was just blown away. It's mm-hmm. a, it's the type of film that you would just watch. I mean, a lot of people might just watch this film, whether it's just, you know, casually uh, playing mm-hmm. in the background on Netflix, on TV. But not a lot of people would realize that it's an incredibly smartly written film. Because there's so mm-hmm. many underlying nuances that I think he's just a great writer. And that echoes yeah. and that shows through his direction. And the way he captures these period periods and all mm-hmm. in this film especially mm-hmm. when it comes to showing coming of age stories yeah yeah so i think common this, favorite for me as well in my top three no yeah. but this is uh, like for everyone i think right like i think all of us this is one of the few films that i think all of us have watched yeah, and yeah, in yeah. some proximity it it makes our uh makes it mm-hmm. higher up our list so like we can expand exactly. on it actually if you, if, if any yeah. of you have like i mean i've or... been watching all of his films post 2014, everything like whatever he's boyhood. done since 2014, basically boyhood, yeah. Mm-hmm. But even before that, like also, boyhood? I think before that was not really. I'm not, I mean, really in retrospect, that. not so much, mm-hmm. not so much. But I guess all the themes that he's culminated over the years, like, were there in boyhood, and then mm-hmm. it was more like a literal thing in boyhood, right? Yeah, the only film exactly, yeah. in the recent times which I've not watched is uh, Where to Go Bernadette, I think, which oh, the Kate Blanchett one. Very good. Yeah, I, I mean, it, first of all, I was waiting for it for so long and I didn't even know it dropped it like one went day. Went through like production hell, I think, and like release hell. Some and problems yeah. happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and I, I didn't know he was working on this film, Apollo 10 and a half. It just like dropped out of nowhere. Same, like when man, the trailer yeah. came, it was it showed Same. Linklater and I was like, what? Linklater just made a movie and I don't even know. Yeah, yeah. But that's also and Linklater. I watched it like a week after it came out on Netflix. So even I was like, oh my God. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. I watched the same weekend it came out. I think 1st April, 2nd April it came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think that's what Linklater has been like. He just like keeps making movies like back to back. And I don't even know. Even I remember when Last Flag Flying came out, nobody knew that yeah. movie was coming. And just dropped like one day. Like, I, like you know, coming. weird so I like, thing. I like, go ahead, hmm. go ahead. Finish, finish. Sorry. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. It's okay. No, I, I actually went to see that uh, in New York at the festival premiere of it actually like it was weird ah. and to see that that movie then gained zero buzz uh, and it didn't exactly. it didn't no, even have much of a great reception were... from what I remember like critical reception it was pretty good I remember it wasn't like as in like comparatively whatever I like it was uh, yeah. yeah and I don't but think yeah, I mean, again, ten and a half was yeah Apollo 10 was, I think, very well written. First of all, I think 
what Aryan just said, I'll I basically agree to every point that he made. Hmm. Uh, the animation style, the way it's written, hmm. again, voiceover and all of that. So it's like, also, it's like a semi-biopic on his childhood, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like yeah. his, yeah. yeah. So, uh, and also it's like the whole on... imagination yeah. thing. Of, yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah, kind of yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. No, no, I was just reiterating. Uh, and uh, the fact, plus the fact that it, you know, kind of really puts uh, us into the kids' shoes mm-hmm. was the one thing that really worked for me in that film. Yeah. I and watched. And, yeah. And I the screenplay. Yeah, go ahead, sir. Yeah, yeah. I anything go ahead. I mean, I was saying that even the screenplay shifts between the fantasy and the ordinary, more mundane aspects of uh, 70s life. Yeah. And it's literally like a kid's fantasy, right? Because that's how right. kids, that's how a child's life is. It often drifts between, you know, the ordinary mm-hmm. and the fantastical. It's just amazing. And it just shows the knack Linklater has for capturing these constant time capsules. We saw it in Days and Confused. We saw it in... in the way in before trilogy and boyhood was literally shot over the course of like 12 years that is yeah mm-hmm. yeah i mean yeah, no, he's, I he's known for all of these kind of experiments anyway in terms of film yeah right? mm-hmm. yeah no I, I this is the first time i've seen uh rotoscoping actually i've not seen mm-hmm. a scanner darkly or waking life so i was a bit like taken aback just by how wonderful it looks mm-hmm. again uh i'm mm-hmm. kind Same. of a fan yeah, I'm kind of a fan of how much uh, how these films are like not pretending not pretending that much to be photorealist though rotoscoping comes close of course because it's taken it's done in a way where you shoot the film first and then animate over the whole technique of it but this reminded me of what good nostalgia is good as in like Correct. complicated nostalgia rather like than it's the whole pointlessness boring. of the whole mm. thing right it's like there's no the, point to it, but it's just like how yeah. memories can be like, you know, placed in a way. Yeah. And I, but I think there's like, as Arin was saying, like the whole conflict between fantastical and real is still there. I mean, mm-hmm. I think he, maybe he's come to a point and I think one of the few criticisms I've read about Linklater's other work is that he is probably mm-hmm. too much of a nostalgist. Like he, he, he's a bit too attached to the past and he doesn't like, you mm-hmm. know, know how to grow out of it. Because I think a lot of people who didn't like everybody wants some. And I'm, and I found it hard to, that film inherently is hard for me to buy into because I'm not a fan of those characters in general. Like not his characters, but that mm-hmm. type of characters or that type of milieu is something I don't look at it relate positively to or relate, relate to it, right? So, yeah. so I think a lot of people who re- took really against that in the sense that, you know, mm-hmm. he's really attached to this time and he doesn't know how to push back against these people who do who sometimes do pretty horrible things. And I think in Apollo 10 and a half, at least, like for me, who has no mm-hmm. relation to Houston, Texas, or like has no relation to 1969 in, in, and the space race and everything that was happening. I think mm-hmm. this reminds me a little bit of Licorice Pizza. Not yes, in terms exactly. of romance, but like exactly. in terms of... In terms of the vibe. Yeah, in terms of vibe, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and and the idea that the space race was going on, but so were four different things also, mm-hmm. and how those different things sometimes never saw the space race as anything important. Exactly, which is I it's think about very, the same. It's about yeah. the same thing now about those very status quo nurturing yeah. a person's life. 
it's about yeah. how political affects your upbringing and gender yeah yeah so exactly i think uh, you mentioned how a lot of these characters tend to be unlikable and difficult to root for i think this film works this film has worked for so many people because linklater cleverly uh, brushes across and um, it's like a defense it's a good defense right because he's making a film through a kids perspective because it's an exactly exactly so it yeah it just mm. yeah <laughs> i don't know i mean I, again uh, very good medium to make a film also like the whole yeah, animated yeah. thing this like fits yeah. and the whole tone is also like very whimsical so it's like yeah. fairly over the top and everything just fits in even like mm-hmm. the troubles but the best part is he still kept that that every memory and saw it through a kids perspective which yeah. even though when you grow up you like sometimes you can't really view right yeah, no but I, but i think wo, wo, the kids perspective is there but it also has that i think awareness of an adult person recounting those I mean of course those. of course yeah yeah no but, but it has you, that whole yeah definitely like the specificity specificities are very you know the, yeah, yeah. the kids perspective only you know you can't like yeah yeah they, i remember there is like, like a particular yeah. moment where uh, he is describing the way his mother made food on mm-hmm. particular days mm-hmm. of a mm-hmm. week or something like that and it's yeah. it's like yeah. really like like if people didn't know it this was like a semi biopic of richard linklater mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they would be really universal yeah. in yeah. in many correct, ways correct. and very magical and understated at the same time yeah correct 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 yeah. yeah no that's the i think beauty of it and i think uh, yeah. i yeah i watched it the day i had covid so maybe nice a rewatch is due good film to, yeah. yeah 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 but okay man i thought was the lost daughter when i was down with covid oh god nice anyways yeah another netflix film i yes. watched rodies yeah. when i had covid but anyway shashwat <laughs> let's turn this into a podcast about <laughs> films to not watch when you're down with covid it's not a yeah. film but anyway yeah. shashwat go ahead yeah uh, so my favorite film of the year will, would be so far would be after young by kogonada mm-hmm. it's his and uh, first of all i mean it's his, it's really it was really unbelievable for me that this is his sophomore feature even though i mean before mm-hmm. uh, before what it was my first experience of watching kogonada and i was really really enthralled i mean it's the kind of film that made me a fan of his right uh, from the word go and uh, mm-hmm. i mean and literally moves his camera like a magic wand and it starts with this uh, you know it the montage is really montage is really electrifying um, uh, i mean there is this dance competition in which uh, this man called jake is, uh, correct correct yeah mm-hmm. yeah his family and their robot, robotic new family member is yeah, like yeah. they are like participating and i mean uh, it's uh, and soon it's it's kind of really sad that his this man's life becomes you know uh, an exhaustive exhaustive attempt to uh, revive their beloved family member for their mm-hmm. you know daughter, little daughter mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then in you know and there's this this climax uh, which is really ambiguous in some ways and uh, leaves you like uh, li- leaves things very barren like uh, almost like a mm-hmm. drought ridden land and uh, 
in between and what the magic that lies is all in between i mean between the, the that prologue and that epilogue and i mean it makes makes sense because it is adapted from this short story uh, waiting for yang uh, its name is and uh, mm-hmm. it almost the film almost seems to be imitating this you know surreal technology of ai and which Correct. kind of becomes whatever you want it to become and mm-hmm. it's very painful in many ways very piercing in many many ways uh, in how it studies memory and uh, mm-hmm. there's always uh, an external detail that manages to get etched scene by scene and the acting performances are so extraordinary mm-hmm. uh, colin farrell manages manages to be funny jody comer <laughs> is uh, so human i mean mm-hmm. every everyone uh, was excellent i mean uh, something did turn me off uh, okay so since it's favorite uh, since it's my favorite movie still but still something turned me off on a rewatch but it still you know it still remains magical nevertheless i mean uh, it's mm-hmm. strange it would be strange to hear but i loved the film better the second time even though i found more problems this time uh, mm-hmm. but uh, I, yeah but because it was really exhausting it was really an exhausting mm-hmm. day when i watched it for the first time when it was premiering online at sundance i mean uh, americans do it uh, at like a midnight screening or something and it was 5 uh, or 4 in the morning it was really uh, it was really exhausting i mean i missed a lot of details and even vital plot points at that time and uh, the, i was struck by all of that and the imagery uh, yeah. this this particular time yeah i mean it's not a movie mm-hmm. you would want to watch when you're sleepy like i, I i've i've yeah. seen i've seen it and i'm very uh, mixed on it to be very honest like i i'm a big fan of coconada's uh, columbus I think it's a lovely, yeah, same, lovely same. movie. Yeah, it's it's his best. Yeah, I yeah. mean, among <clears throat> the two. Yeah, and I've actually seen a couple of his video essays, and I think my mm. problem, at least, of what my reservation with After Yang was, that this kind of strikes me as something that would make a better video essay. Like to me, it does, but I under, which is not a yeah, it has a, those aesthetics. I mean, yeah. The, the whole exploration of memory here i think suits more of a essayist quality sometimes than than mm-hmm. you know a narrative film but i need to rewatch it because the whole atmosphere of it it has a very zen like atmosphere i think and the you whole you know the approach is like approach the approach of the film is really ozu like i mean yep. yang is a reference to edward yang but uh, yep. ozu it's very ozu like i mean it makes sense In That's his ways. main reference point, I think. Even for something yeah. like uh, Columbus, Columbus. Ozu is the big reference point for him, I think. And yeah, that's definitely yeah. there. And I think I, I'm curious because see, I I love these types of movies, so I was probably more disappointed by how much I was like unmoved by it. But yeah, uh, I I really want to rewatch it again. You said it didn't work for you as much, at least on like. I guess you notice more flaws, but you were more emotionally engaged, right? So mm-hmm. I'm hoping to find more flaws and be emotionally engaged. <laughs> In fact, I, uh, I think, that yeah, show, uh, that Nightcrawl. Apple TV show, Pachinko. I mean, it surprised mm-hmm. me about uh, the fact that Kogonada can even be dramatic. I mean, uh, Columbus and uh, After Yang both, in both at least. 
in a sense they work like meditations right yeah. uh, ther- uh, they work like therapy yeah. and mm-hmm. but inko goes all out dramatic so uh, kogonada can surprise in future oh, okay i didn't even yeah. know he he's a part of pachinko actually i've only heard of that yeah, yeah. He, yeah, yeah he directed half of the episodes oh okay wow i i knew i'm going to watch after i'm hoping to like it more i think this time oh, okay yeah dhruv yeah. i was about to say sanjeet but uh, i already spoke no apollo 10 and a half so oh you're including that in your talk yeah i mean okay I i'll i'll talk because the other film you're going to talk later okay fine i'll go with okay, my anyway. uh, i i've banged on about this film a, a bit too much but i will go ahead Uh, mm-hmm. so this is uh, terence davies's uh, benediction i've talked about this i think mm-hmm. multiple times now but i think uh, this agenda. is start this is my agenda yes see yeah, yeah. i am happy to carry out an agenda for films and filmmakers who people don't have barely any knowledge <laughs> about and i think they should yeah yeah uh so yeah, let's think... extend the terence davies propaganda right absolutely absolutely <laughs> uh i think once one person sees his movies one will automatically be drawn to it but anyways my th- this film is uh, I, and this film is a biopic a biopic is my favorite film of the year till now which i like i mean surprising when does that happen uh okay. so this is a biopic of like a british wartime poet uh and writer sigfrid or sigfrid sassoon who was basically popular for his really sharp uh and poignant sort of uh take down of war uh, and mm-hmm. world war 1 and the casualties that okay. it entailed uh, so it's a lot about that uh, basically about that but like i think good biopics do this kind of focuses a little bit this is this still follows some beats of you know mm-hmm. what a conventional biopic does like time hopping and like going through mm-hmm. some events but it focuses on three periods of his life basically one of them is basically the time where he gets uh, he resigns from uh, the war and is sent back mm-hmm. sent to a mental asylum basically because he uh, mm. because he opposes the british forces at that moment in time mm-hmm. and uh, where he like goes then it transitions basically to him having multiple affairs with he was a gay uh, gay poet at that time and he wasn't openly mm-hmm. gay so there was like a secret society basically of lovers who he had and it kind of turns into this really i uh, it's really funny like sharply funny but also kind of deeply sad uh lover mm-hmm. like a i don't know how to describe it even it's like a mean <laughs> someone described it as a mean girls style uh style love 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 wow. affair or love drama so big, and okay. i think this is the point where i think a lot of people might I mean, lose uh, that's how you should sell that movie also this is one portion of it yes but no no i'm but, just kidding but anyway yeah but the movie that hangs over or like looms over this the most actually mm-hmm. is martin mm-hmm. scorsese's the irishman because i think the, oh. the air of, of yeah the air of Damn. doom and like this idea of a person being trapped like a person being trapped in his own memories and trapped in his mm-hmm. own past in a way where he doesn't know how to figure out get to get away from it is kind of the main idea like of this film and one mm-hmm. of the things that's uh, i've mentioned this writer before but i think uh, richard brody uh, of the new yorker mm-hmm. had new, new yorker, his yeah. headline of the review was wonderfully put it was basically that 
this is a uh, this is a biopic reimagined as a radical personal melodrama and if mm-hmm. someone is aware of and i don't know how much this plays a part in someone like me liking this movie because i've seen a bunch of terence davies work now uh mm-hmm. before watching this but mm-hmm. he's basically taken a biopic that resembles his life and kind of crafted something from that life that feels deeply personal to his life correct and i mean that, it makes sense that and he's I, i don't know what to say about this but like he's a person who's who's very he's at the stage of in his life where i think a lot of the filmmakers who are in like the 70s and 80s are like looking back at their life and thinking about what could have been what should have mm-hmm. been sort of like that so mm-hmm. all that regret that and he's not a popular filmmaker right like he's not a martin scorsese so he doesn't have that uh so there's all that kind of bleeds into this film and you what mm-hmm. you get is like this really in a way very and i've said this before it's a very sad movie in the sense that you see a poet who is clearly mm-hmm. talented whose words are genuinely like the, he uses excerpts from his poems in this film to to evoke like images like and this is like one of the few films i think which does this remarkably where he transitions from scenes or goes into transitions via poetry and then the images that follow those are are like very soft and like you know it they kind of float from one scene to another and mm-hmm. he uses those words wonderfully and i think there's real like joy in watching those uh moments play out on screen and i think uh, yeah like yeah. again i i can go i can wax lyrical about it, about <laughs> and, and i think that's the point about this film eh? you know like the first time i watched it i was that whole portion the mean girls portion i guess rubbed me the wrong way also and i was like i we show sure we really need to go in that comedic direction but but there's mm-hmm. something about this like his other films that just sticks in a way which it, and i guess it's also one of those films which has like an all timer of a last shot i can just okay. i won't spoil it but it i mean but that's giving away a, a lot though i mean for it, expectations it's, purposes but, i don't care but like it's a, it's a short <laughs> <laughs> it's genuinely no, no, okay. when the short when the short happens and when uh, this music mm-hmm. from fantasia on a theme by thomas thales which is like a classical composition play mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's just like Mom it's is. like someone has thrown like whatever hot water on you and it's just like you're oh my like, god what is that no i mean i know i'm i'm over, i'm hyping it to a point where i know i'll get some people mm. telling me that you know what are you talking about but like i yeah. i just the effect of it is so powerful and mm. it's instantly made me a fan of jack lodon who's who plays secret sasoon and who's the... remarkably good in this okay. film uh but yeah i mean i think that's that's it i, I won't go ahead with yeah. that i can i can yeah no one seen it so yeah please watch it if uh, <laughs> if you're interested and i hmm. hope my irishman comparison has made people want to watch it if anything else yeah oh, expectation yeah. i thought again my <laughs> you don't say sanjeet it's fine what are that i'll watch because i know you'll watch it after i i watch. didn't say that okay. i didn't say that so you'll just watch yeah. it and then <laughs> <laughs> no it will be a surprise if it happens it will be like a okay. bomb and be like oh my god did you watch it? but anyway that's beyond me you need not worry i mean uh, sanjeet will anyway be generous to it 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm usually <laughs> always generous. Uh, Except, yeah. Otherwise, Except. but anyway, uh, Apollo ten <laughs> and half was also my favorite, which yeah. I think more or less we've all discussed about it. So I think we can move yeah. on to other movies, which Aryan can tell us again. Okay, so the movie that I think a lot of people would come to this episode expecting to hear. expecting to at least mention is uh the batman <laughs> mm. yeah i mean i don't remember when was the last time when i cared enough to watch rewatch a superhero film for third time in like like in the three four months after it came mm. out okay because i don't think if Same, i mean, even the second time for me yeah i mean yeah I don't think if I've even watched Endgame more than thrice. I doubt. I mean, I might have gone through the last act of that film on my mm. TV, but no, I've not cared or even bothered to sit through the entire thing. And this film, the Batman is almost the same length, right? It's a three-hour long movie, and <laughs> it worked better for me upon the rewatch. It might be because I was in an almost empty theater. It might be because I was watching it in IMAX, but. Mm-hmm. Oh God! Like it's three hours, okay, and it just worked so so well. Unlike yeah, yeah. a film that had just released a month or two before. Uh, no, it, it came no, out in December. Months. No, no, three, three yeah, yeah. months before. Yeah, I, I'm oh, talking Sanjeet, about. Oh, Sanjeet, Sanjeet is being like, oh, what is this movie, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about No Way Home. By the way, I mean I don't want to get into the MCU versus DC thing, but no, the Batman is. a spectacular film that is just it makes you feel like you're watching and playing and going through a walk through mm-hmm. of the arkham games okay and mm-hmm. yeah. correct it's correct it's a very correct. deliberate totally. choice because it's a very deliberate choice because it makes you root for the character of batman i mean i mean <laughs> we all do but it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. the film sets up his origin story without even setting up his origin story mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and the opening sequence especially the first entire act of the mm-hmm. batman is one of the best first acts i have ever seen to be very honest to me in stream where does this first act end i'm curious i think after the entry of batman after the inciting incident so the enti- it's extremely chill oh so you are basically talking about the scene with the when he is introduced you we gla- okay yeah, yeah. the with the uh, at the Riddler. Uh, station Riddler. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The mm-hmm. I mean the soundtrack. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the soundtrack the and just the direction, the cinematography, mm-hmm. everything. Uh, the same guy who did Dune. Greg Fraser. Right? Greg Fraser. Yeah, Greg yeah, Fraser. Yeah. I mean, he's winning again, man. Next year, I'm so damn sure. I hope he does. <laughs> Because I mean, if, if there is hype for sure, it's it's in March, Aryan. I know, but I yeah, don't yeah. think of. I don't know, man. It's very hard for me. I mean. Know. that's the the film is good purely because the the director Visual was a time and he had like a yeah. proper style attached to it isn't even avatar though we don't know what this year bad reason sorry isn't avatar releasing this year oh right yes yeah crack issues no okay. <laughs> i mean you never know you never know yeah yeah the release date bhi to dekho sir yeah i mean it's releasing at that point but In general, some films have also. I think Godfather one minute. One film in one year. Recently, no, only Grand Budapest. Hmm. No, Grand Budapest was later on, right? April, no? April, April, April of what? Twenty. It was a summer release. Uh, yeah. As far as I know. Okay. Yeah. 
that's the only film that uh, yeah at least whatever i know even yeah. dunkirk was like then 2017 right it didn't win anything it did win something it did win some, it sounds something like better editing, sound. editing and all that Hmm. Uh, yeah, but that's, that's, war, that's, that's the war film. <laughs> that's the war, <laughs> yeah. the war film uh, effect. I mean, but I, I, anyway, I just like my appreciation for the Batman keeps growing <clears throat> because <clears throat> it was like literally made in the middle of the lockdown. The production, even though it, it was a <clears throat> massive, like obviously it was a high budget film, considering the background and considering the source material and all. But the kind of production it went through. when mm-hmm. even robert pattinson himself got down with covid and the way they incorporate mm-hmm. the entire you know paralleling the capital hill riot or whatever that happened mm-hmm. the way they incorporated the socio political into the film and the way they showed the Correct. effect of inequality on a repressed population mm-hmm. while also ticking all the check boxes of how to make a proper batman adaptation that fans mm-hmm. would actually love and mm-hmm. i think it's very trivial i think it's very silly and pointless to be honest to co- keep comparing this to the nolan trilogy because it's a different era it's a different time it's absolutely different, different. absolutely different yeah. yeah i mean basically they didn't compromise on anything even the smallest of the smallest shots yeah were taken because they were necessary like every everything I, became necessary in that sense so much is plus the writing is surprisingly good i mean Except, it is yeah. it i mean as a surprisingly good coming of age film mm. yeah. even so much is implied through just the mannerisms of how the batman moves correct the way he enters the room you instantly know of the reputation mm. and the fear he has on the detectives yeah. and people from I mean, the rest department because he, everything is built to a point that it becomes worth it for that you know yeah. and the whole communication from the screen to you as an audience also was like very you know good it's it also i mean i don't mm. know if this would make sense but the opening in itself serves as a ending to a unknown film that's already set up the correct film. and even correct, the correct, is correct. like an opening to a future film right correct i mean that to of course but yeah. like that opening... has to be no yeah i mean but it's done so well again without any stupid end credits apart from that prop scene about joker and all that barry keegan right barry keegan but, yeah. which i didn't even know i thought that's not joker i thought it's two face or something I mean the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I mean I'm just saying But, what I feel. Yeah. I only have like I don't know if you guys have any flaws with the film. I'm sure you do. I, I know that you mm-hmm. do. But like the only thing that did not work for me is the structure because the entry from the second act to the third act uh he comes to know Robert Pattinson as Batman. He learns about how his dad was involved in this mafia bust and all how he was responsible mm-hmm. for the death of a journalist and all and in the very next scene it's like all the catharsis is taken away from him i mean i would have just appreciated if there was a scene in between that bridged those two very mm-hmm. impactful key moments in this character arc right mm-hmm. so it's this mm-hmm. little little yeah otherwise i don't think i have any problem with this film i gave it like 4.5 out of 5 and I think it's the one of my favorite mm-hmm. superhero films of all time. Yeah, same amongst my all-time favorites for sure. Shashwat, yeah. what about you? Um, yeah. Uh, so my second second favorite film of the year, right? Uh, 
hit the road it is um by pana panahi the son of jahar panahi and uh, you know a fun fact about myself here i have not seen any film from his father uh, jahar panahi that is and but yeah what matters is that this man has made an incredible incredible freshman picture and uh, it's it's basically it's basically a road movie but like so much more i mean it's on the surface like it's a very tranquil and very you know therapeutic and mm-hmm. it, it's also slightly mysterious but i mean it's overall beautiful as a you know feel good film and uh, uh, about a family consisting of the two parents and two children one of them you know being a hyper extroverted but cute little twerp and uh, this much older but very introverted kind of a son who at at one po- at halfway through the film i did not have any idea that this one is the elder son i mean i thought mm-hmm. he must be a driver or something mm-hmm. so yeah because mm-hmm. he says so little i mean he doesn't have yeah. a dialogue until i think uh, 2001 a space odyssey scene that is that mm-hmm. so yeah so they are traveling towards this you know northwest tracks and uh, to do something incredibly important and we don't know this yeah i think it's a feel good film but very covered in the blanket of ambiguity yeah. I, i was about to say like we let we will not spoil this one because i think a lot of yeah. people haven't seen it uh, and i, I and think I it's very inherent it, so i don't want to spoil it for him i think mm-hmm. it's almost yeah. impossible to even talk about this film without spoiling again because mm. it is so much it is like a mystery it is a thriller it is a family yeah. drama it is a road trip movie it is a yeah. coming of age story it is and it does yeah. all of those things incredibly yeah. well i mean it's a debut feature and it's extra i mean this is my second favorite also so i'm yeah. you know basically going to be clubbing it here in story yeah and uh, uh shashwat about this because we are like uh, i mean i watched it i watched it because shashwat had also told me to watch it just before mm-hmm. we were making the list it <laughs> yeah. was on my watch list for like ages but i just like one of those movies that just you never know I never mean, watch when it was when it when it had premiered at rotterdam my higher up or so i call him shikhar yeah. i mean he watched it and uh, he was like jab aaye film ye dekh bhai itni funny bench i mean it, i was he was like he was like so excited i mean yeah. okay uh, shikhar being excited about because he is almost the second row for me uh, in harshness of rating so yeah oh my yeah. god oh, dhruv my we have numbers dhruv. now <laughs> oh, oh full vibes okay i know no, sad yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh i know that okay i'm fine with it okay yeah <laughs> so yeah so it's a very charming film overall no no oh it's my God, uh, the i don't move. no no i i don't know what to say about it also like just, like without spoiling it except like just it's as much a indebted to like Jafar Panahi from whose uh, whose work I've seen like in bits and patches like in whatever mm-hmm. like I've, I've not seen a couple of his really influential films also uh, and Kirastami oh. who was uh, Kirastami I think hangs over this very much uh, taste of cherry absolutely taste of cherry especially yeah. and uh, I think parts of the Coker trilogy also especially in the way uh, no not not arjun is laughing because i think he's thinking i'm mentioning the second part but even the first uh, even the yeah. third and first part actually first part also but i think mm. uh, it's just i think uh, shashwat will talk about this film later so i don't want to automatically dump on it a little bit but my my point was more <laughs> to do with just 
a visual language i think there's such a confident visual language here at play like it's i was astonished by some of the shots in this like not just because it, they were beautiful shots but they were just they're so Terrifying. wonderfully informative about so many things yeah. that are going on in the drama like i think if you mm-hmm. rewatch like it's one of those films you rewatch the film and the first shot mm-hmm. you can kind of know whatever the film has be, is going to do later on like it mm-hmm. tells you everything without exactly like shouting it out right kind of mm-hmm. the beauty of iranian cinema in general which is like capturing realism which uh, this is kind of i'm borrowing from some writing but like it's like capturing mm-hmm. realism but also maintaining a style to it which i think is mm-hmm. the hardest yeah. thing to do sometimes and uh, mm-hmm. and echoing yeah, all... your themes through road yeah. dramas and through children characters yeah yeah i mean it's I, i'm the one thing i'll say is like i was shocked how much i enjoyed the performance of the child i thought i'll find yeah. it excruciating uh but because it's so like spontaneous yeah i mean it so can border on irritating these oh, performances performances like this oh definitely and uh, yeah. it was really it was it was really funny and yeah. very uh, i mean almost i almost expected him to like break the fourth wall at any point <laughs> yeah yeah mm-hmm. but the, i think that's one of the i think the film actually has a lot of stuff which it doesn't talk about also explicitly and again that's what i'm mm-hmm. saying that even the wide shots mm-hmm. you the film deliberately keeps you dis- disconnected and yet you know the terrifying background exactly. and you know the terrifying underlying exactly. things yeah. that are and i'm telling this begins like a mystery okay you don't know anything about this family yeah. or whether it even is a family in the first place okay? yeah, yeah and then there are hints that it that that it might yeah, be it might not be sort of like the phone that, calls the yeah, overwhelming yeah. noise and the especially, especially with the way how iranian politics is i mean yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. And the way the way they talk, I think the way they talk is so like you know you uh I think how to establish relationships between characters, make them talk in the most absurdly you know they they connect by talking about each other in horrible ways, and I think it's a wonderful (laughs) way of making you making you realize that these people kind of know each other. uh mm-hmm. and i think that like really morbid sense of humor also really works well uh in this context but but we are not sure if they are related or not exactly exactly mm-hmm. so like is, that uh, idea of danger also things, yeah yeah, yeah exactly there's at least three moments there's at least three moments from this film that i know i'm not going to like and i won't be able to take them out of my head yeah. at least for you yeah. at least i, I think i can pick, I, i think i can i can identify two of them yeah. i don't know what the third one but yeah. uh, yes the levitating sequence is there for sure yeah we won't we won't spoil it more yeah, but sanjit yeah. you better bloody watch this three people are recommending <laughs> it okay you don't watch benediction that's fine i forgive you but like watch it okay sir okay sir and for context i think, i think a lot of people might not be aware and familiar with uh, iranian cinema and especially with chapal panai's uh, entire filmography and the political underlines of it so chapal panai has basically been under house arrest and he's been barred from like mm-hmm. films in iran okay since mm-hmm. 2010 and there's a character in this film <laughs> who plays the father he is called khosro khosro i uh, are they named oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. the mother yeah, is not named very mother is named yeah yeah, 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 yeah. and khosro Co- has yeah. a 
broken leg, a plastered leg, so he has to drag himself everywhere. <laughs> I mean, oh God, the is it a symbolism. comedy? No, kind of. Yes, like it's kind, kind of. of.
Yeah. <laughs> is, is it that like uh, Peter thing? Okay. Anyway, Peter it's thing? like a family guy <laughs> reference. Okay, okay. Whenever you hear of a film's name in a film, you say, oh, that's the film. Do they but say anyway. it in this or no? No, right? No. I no, doubt no. it. Yeah. No. But yeah, I mean, uh, the whole thing with the whole narrative is I kind of enjoy that. So automatically that was a big plus for me. Plus how well it's made because it's, it is not just a lot of things for the sake of it hmm. because they end up having that whole emotional quotient because I didn't know I hadn't seen the trailer either. Yeah. Uh, someone had just told me a friend of mine had told me just like watch the trailer. It's too good, whatever. And I didn't want to, and I just went into it without knowing most of it, hmm. except it's a multiverse thing. And a lot of letterbox reviews were like rating it. Way yeah, it's what, what like 10, 10th best yeah. film, 15th best I mean, film. Yeah. But so, I mean, for me, it lives up to it because this is the kind of cinema I kind of enjoy way mm. too many narratives, way yeah. too many things happening at the same time. Um, and yeah, I think the whole emotional quotient is the, the cohesive, you know, sticking so many things together. Mm. Um, plus I think the way they use the their world logic hmm. and how it transports and you know and it is different in every world their own world logic hmm. and there the the whole film logic in itself like hmm. which you can view objectively works fantastically hmm. because yeah. you're invested and you never go like no i don't believe that because you're you actually because it's so well set up also uh the Daniel's eccentricity, the mm-hmm. quote Daniel's eccentricities that are, you know, part of the whole narrative, which I also enjoyed kind of in Sue's Army Man, but not so much in the Dick Long movie. Uh, which one? Dick Long? The death of Dick Long. Oh, that's the one, only one of them. But it's it, right? one of the Daniels, not both of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This feature is both of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very, way too low budget, I think. Way lesser okay. than most okay. of the. But uh, I think the the, I, the thing with me is I love the whole eccentricity nature, eccentric nature as well, because it elevated it to another level of, you know, just like me liking the film yeah. way too much. So, yeah. yeah. So that's, <laughs> do you guys want to add anything else? <laughs> I mean, I, I, was so, go I, ahead. I mean, glad. I mean, even though I was not all together, but no, I'll just say that I'm. I I wasn't very very high on this film. I think it's very exhausting. I guess you all so took a, a break in the it middle. Is, not drove. Not drove. Yeah. I, I couldn't. I you couldn't. I like even I couldn't. But yeah. all of you all took like breaks in the middle. So. Mm. Mm. I'm just really glad that it's doing it didn't mm. create at the box office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I I mean. I mm. wanted to rewatch right after I watched because I was like, I want to know more of it. Like I want to rewatch and gather some of the details. I mean, have you missed. have you guys have all of you guys watched Space Army Man? Uh, unfortunately, yeah. Um yeah. yeah. Oh, did you not like this film? Okay. Mm. Okay. He liked you, uh, you liked this film. I liked, yeah, I, I didn't I like Swiss Army, it. man. Ah, okay. no, I you loved liked it more everything. Than, everything. Yeah. Yeah. Say it. I loved it more than... So that it should be on audio. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. No, I personally loved it more than everything everywhere. Okay. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I mean, everything everywhere, I think the only part that didn't work for me was the third app. Right? All oh, at okay. once one. Because uh, yeah, I could not completely comprehend it. But I mean, uh, the 
one thing that worked for me about the film the most was that it was so incredibly wise i mean uh, uh, in quoting one conversation mm. that i had with one of my friends is that this film tries too hard to be too gyani and succeeds <laughs> yeah right and uh, <laughs> I, and i mean that razor sharp that razor sharp speed with which it operates i mean it kind of harms the film in that on that instance that i mentioned the third act which didn't work for me and mm-hmm. uh, it it tries i mean it is so crowd pleasing that there there are there would be a section of people inevitably who would be disappointed by the film but overall i mean michelle yo is like extraordinary here yeah. so i mean she propels mm-hmm. the film to another that multiverse mm-hmm. that the film desires to go with yeah No I think mm-hmm. uh, I was surprised honestly Ranjit that I liked this cuz I you know how much like I, I think it's a big thing like the humor thing is the big thing I think right like we we discussed how Swiss army man doesn't work for me mm. simply because I don't connect with that humor like I don't I find it too eccentric so it crosses that you know it crosses mm. my boundary of understanding and I just go I don't get this I mean, like I I think why people also liked it is because of the whole ADHD thing also right like your attention spans are anyway short and this movie just okay. moves so fast that um, you don't really have so much time yeah. to really think or take out But your phones while watching the movie right i get it i get it i mean i i yeah. i appreciate it on that level i i'm not a fan of the humor which i think is the big mm-hmm. drawback for me because then i mean that, then that's a subjective thing to be yeah, yeah it's because i think thing, totally yeah. I, though to be honest some of the humor in this is not going to be to everyone's taste in any case because there there correct, are butt plugs and like other stuff involved here <laughs> the visual like, humor is the visual yeah. humor especially is they can put hot dog fingers off. which i like yeah, yeah, i, I yeah. just i zone out because i'm like i don't find this funny honestly i don't i, I think it was just like, too much of like a yeah it's a like eccentricity like, just like, like yeah. i mean so i like that they're I feel they were pretty aware of the whole thing. No, no, I know. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah, saying. Like that is I, when it switches to the whole rock thing. Also, I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, now they are going that. The area. rock so, thing I, mean, I knew is going to be a instant favorite for like the whole of Letterboxd. Exactly. Right? exactly. As soon as I saw I it, I was like, oh, I, I, I understand why this. Now because it went to it. that zone, right? You know, it I just it like was it. wild too. I mean, yeah. yeah the, I mean, it's the wildest thing I saw since. the color that emerged in high and low kurosawa's high and low mm, i mean yeah. i watched it yeah it's really For surprising more on the lines see. of like a super deluxe kind of thing i i yeah. messaged you saying yeah you so you messaged me yes, yeah, i was yeah, so yeah, happy yeah. that you agreed but but yeah, uh, yeah. no but i was honestly so what shashwat is saying i actually liked it because of the third act because i thought the crowd pleasing mm-hmm. got to me like i got mm-hmm. emotionally oh. swept up I got yeah, emotionally yeah, swept yeah. up. I almost I mean, teared up, and I thought yeah, I, I yeah. and I didn't think that would happen, considering how much I was zoned out of the humor of the film. But I think maybe again, no, I mean by too much visual stimuli. <laughs> too much. I mean, yeah, please no, I, don't say anything now. Please, <laughs> he liked the movie. Ah, I mean, I liked it a lot. No, no, I genuinely. I mean, through it, I just appreciated it more because in this. in this movie multiverse isn't just mean k red means hmm. green no no it's like who who <laughs> someone like, wrote yeah. an essay on it right like what, what was it like uh something about hmm. nihilism but like looking at mm-hmm. it in a positive way or something like looking at the world in a way where you yeah. what is the whole nothing matters which i don't think the film is about actually the film is actually about everything matters and i think that yeah. 
that that is a critical difference i know nothing matters is a phrase which is it begins by... from nothing matters but then the entire yeah. point of the character arcs is key everything matters including a family which which is not entirely inseparable from nothing matters everything matters yeah. is not that far away from nothing matters because like mm. if you give everything that much importance yeah, then yeah. like there's no Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it's like whatever. But uh, like I like the whole I mean, philosophical angle of it. Most yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was also clarity in whatever they were doing. Oh, yeah, right? yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is why everything I, was like very fairly spot on yeah, what they really I, yeah. wanted to achieve. I just didn't care for like the ratatouille references and like I was just like okay, uh, fine. I get. Huh, I mean, I get it why someone yeah. wouldn't also. I mean, yeah. that's fairly understandable that way. Yeah. Yeah. Even the whole. I mean, I loved the. There's the whole Wonka Y section, which I didn't. Yeah, which I, I like that. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, but. but yeah. I just gave the some... reference movies just for the sake of it, right? Yeah. I mean, no, even I mean, the Wonka Y thing. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a. Fun. But if then you, you get like Michelle Yeoh and the, I forgot the second actor's name, who's really good actually, the husband. He was the kid actor in uh, Indiana Jones Temple of. Oh what? You didn't know that? No, no, I didn't know that. No, yes, he was the child. Was. Actor in uh, his name is Ki Hui Kwan. I don't know if I'm pronouncing. Yeah, Ki Hui Kwan. Yeah. He no, was no, the no. child, and then he didn't act for a. Way. He was there in Goonies also. Okay. And then he come He's came really back. Really good in this, I thought. Yeah, he was he super was good. good for yeah. a very long time in the trailers. I didn't know it was him, mm. and from a very far look, I thought it was Jackie Chan. I'm not kidding. <laughs> but uh, to my surprise someone else told me about him yeah. but he was very good very good. Yeah. it didn't look like that he took a break some in the middle of like mm-hmm. his acting thing yeah looked like as if he's been acting for like ages yeah, yeah. yeah. but yeah and i just heard stephanie who played the daughter uh, oh, she was also yeah, yeah. yeah. all the cast was and actually also fantastic the, i thought like the line between absurdity and you know that emotional mm. lash that she balances mm-hmm. yeah He plays two characters. He kind of blurs it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even Jamie Lee Curtis, yeah, so good. Oh yeah, yeah. she. I actually liked her oh. also in this. That's. True. I loved the. I loved all the scenes set around that office. How the film is basically is about solving the... tax. <laughs> yeah, yeah, tax problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's doing laundry it's and solving tax. Yeah, <laughs> doing yeah. laundry and solving. Tax. So good, yeah. no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that aspect, and so I just want so someone that everyone's talking about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I just want That's someone only, to I mean, write. I've not seen as many good films as you guys have. So, one thing. I just want someone to write an essay and you know do a comparative study on this and RRR and write about why huh? these kinds of like films tend to work. Maximalist. I mean, so that's the yeah, that's the like, buzzword of the yeah, yeah. I think it's just a curious. No people will listen to this episode. Maximalist is the buzzword of this yes. year, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Aryan, you should only write. Huh, you write, Aryan. Maybe you yeah, good, good idea. Yeah. Read. I'll write yeah. like two, three points and then keep. <laughs> and then yeah, please, Aryan, yeah, do it for us. I won't write until there are like deadlines and like this. <laughs> but anyway, Aray, I've think, been working uh, on a TVF uh, top ten ranked essay since like more than a month now. <laughs> lovely, lovely. Oh yeah, yeah. That list, yeah. Okay, okay. Let's. <laughs> anyway, so I think Aaron is done with his three films, which include. <laughs> what do you mean? He, how how is he done with three? I mean, he, done, yeah. ten and a half. Apollo ten and a half. Batman. 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 Oh yeah. Never yeah. Mind. Sorry. Batman. So, okay. <laughs> 
this ultra sensitive person that we don't really get to see i, I mean he is often funny and charming and not uh, really heroic at all and uh, you know he takes this thing to another level with this film i mean it's of course it's understandably bigger uh, for the lack of a better word since dakota johnson is involved and uh, mm-hmm. so for, it's a sophomore film for him uh, in many ways so yeah. it i mean it solitarily studies andrew i mean of course it shit house was a romcom and this one too is but i mean uh, this really solitarily studies andrew and the way he hosts bar mitzwa and mitzwa mm-hmm. and all i mm. mean it's it works as i mean a charming odyssey of sorts i mean uh, mm-hmm. studies masculinity that way and uh, he tells these you know it's more about i mean discourse mm. about chacha real smooth will turn less into True chacha real smooth discussion mm. and it uh, will turn into a more like a cooper rive discussion i mean it's mm. all about him and the way mm. he but it's like the, semi he's acting I, in the movie yeah yeah, yeah. he's doing everything yeah he's oh. acting and directing i, I yeah. want to say like i'm he also the... co-edited some parts ha huh, so he like Full whatever or whatever ha No, I was I was about to say even though I'm not like mad about this film, I really like Shit House, and mm-hmm. I I am not a fan of that critique or criticism that this is like you know this is bad because Cooper Rafe is basically stroking his own whatever, uh because uh because he is the star and he's you know he's ultra nice and like I in think control I've, of his yeah, work, yeah yeah I think I've read a lot of criticisms that oh how much can someone stroke their own ego. and i find that criticism quite worthless honestly mm-hmm. uh, in comparison yeah. in, in reference to this film i my problem with the film is always that i found it very stylistically lacking and i don't mean i don't need it to be like stylish in the filmmaking i thought some of the filmmaking was a bit sloppy uh like the editing i thought was a little editing, sloppy editing yeah the entire thought, first half especially the first Was it was very too but, much uh, too stylistic for me. I I I, I get really. the appeal of it though. Like I, it's yeah. uh, to me, it's a very similar appeal of something like worst person in the world. Like I I thought, mm-hmm. except this is flipped around. Of wow. course, like you you get like, and I'm a big fan of put more hypersensitive men into film. I'm very happy. Yeah. Like we probably need more mm-hmm. like representation on that front. But like yeah. Uh, 
I was a little less won over by the romance. I think a lot of people really liked the Dakota Johnson character. I think um, it's not supposed to be a romance though, because the film sets it? this. I don't think so. I don't okay. think so. Because the film sets up itself like the concept and the themes right in the first act when it literally opens up with uh, Cooper. What's he called in this film? Ryan. Uh, uh, Andrew. 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 Yeah. yeah. So it opens up with Andrew as a kid and we see him being obsessed mm-hmm. with this, you know, uh, obsession of, you know, impressing a much older, older lady. And just, yeah. And mm-hmm. just impressing and being around older people in general. Mm-hmm. Okay. So mm-hmm. he wants to get ahead of himself and, you know, in doing so, he is losing on so much in his current time. Whenever mm-hmm. he's, when he's a child, we see that. And then we see him in his, uh, 20, mm-hmm. when he's 22. Okay, and the film follows him in his uh, early twenties, and you constantly see how he's obsessed with, you know, getting too far with his life by impressing this mm-hmm. really old girl mm-hmm. of Dakota yeah. the scatter, and he just keeps saying that you're my soulmate and all, and maybe she is, but mm-hmm. he's and there's a very deliberate choice because the film mm-hmm. makes her actual husband fiance mm-hmm. look like a very you know villainy type character, mm-hmm. and in the end you just realize that oh my god. The film tricked us so well because he's just a normal guy, and that's how it often is in life. Okay, because it, there's a very uh, uh, what do you call it, a subversion of expectations when he comes up to his car and mm. when he's just running away from the house after seeing the Gurdjieff at the back door, he's just mm. running away, and he, you as an audience, feel that he's just coming there to hit him, and yet mm. he just talks to him, and he's mm. like, "I'm just a dumb kid. I'm sorry." And yeah. His fiance just listens to him and he's like, I know. It's okay. Yeah. Is the film narrative that is it like the film takes place over one night or is it like no? No, 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 no. no, no, no. Right. That shit house. No, not that's one shit, night, yeah. but that the, like the major part hmm. of shit house takes the vibe is like that yeah. for shit house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So it's basically about this man who's been obsessed with feeling older. Okay. Mm. And mm-hmm. the yeah. screenplay is so disarming in that way. And I think it's mm-hmm. a, People should give more credit to this film because it's actually smarter than it might appear. And it actually like the whole relatable factor of the, what? Not the relatable factor. I not really. Yeah. It's so but sensitive, I mean. I, mean, it, it, okay. I think the film is going for a lot of stuff also like it's not just the relationship between the Dakota Johnson character like it's also mm-hmm. my favorite part of the film is the relationship with the Dakota Johnson's daughter and, daughter yeah, yeah. Artist, daughter yeah. And, depiction uh, of autism is so yeah yeah oh, the performance is fantastic yeah and that performance just, yeah, is uh, lovely I think that's she's amazing. extraordinary that girl yeah. her name's Vanessa mm-hmm. Berghart I think yeah. she's a fantastic yeah Vanessa Berghart yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, and then there's and, relationships with his mother right that's the uh, that's that has amazing. one of the better scenes I think in the, one of the really good scenes actually in the film uh, on a kitchen table I think when yeah around a dinner table yeah when he's yes, like standing yes. yeah. back to the stairs yeah, yeah, yeah. And even yeah. the relationship between Andrew and David, his younger brother. I mean, it's just so, oh yes. He keeps telling him about how these, how to you know make these, yeah, yeah. Uh, how to impress a girl and yes, how yes, to yes. Uh, go ahead and deal with your first kiss. And then at the end, he just tells him yeah. that it's about two people. Yeah. You should enjoy. You shouldn't be conscious. And it's like yeah. he himself went through that process. That no, yeah. I'm done. You know, doing yeah. things for others because you see him as a selfless guy. Mm-hmm. That's what people have yeah, criticized. It it. <laughs> That's what people, which is which is strange to me. Yeah. Uh, okay. Like exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But Sanjeev, who worth watching? Huh? like both his yeah. books actually. Yeah. yeah. And even like the title of the film 
I think it's very again coming back to my last point. Like mm. as I said, the film is actually smarter than my most people might perceive it to be because mm-hmm. the title of the film literally comes from a song and dance sequence where everything between major lead characters go haywire. Okay, mm. and yes, that cha cha real smooth song is playing in the background. So it visually depicts <laughs> how life can often get too chaotic. Okay, mm. and even when you think that everything is going smooth, things are never going to get. things are never going to go as they are often planned your okay. transition between your job and college it's not always yeah. going to be smooth you are going to lose people you have to accept that yeah. so it's more about to accepting that accepting the people that you might lose along the way right okay and that's how it reminded me of the uh, films and rom-coms that came in the early 2000s right like a spectacular now mm-hmm. and there's obviously oh, final days of summer fairly early no? this reminded me his character reminded yeah. me of october yeah. weirdly what okay. dan dan as dan. a character dan's yeah. character okay. not, yeah. not yeah. the actual yeah. specific stuff but like dan's character mm-hmm. okay okay and yeah yeah his character yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah okay okay maybe i'll do an so, essay on that dhruv you should you should yeah. oh Thank yes you. oh yeah i forgot i'm there uh you yeah. aren't you doing the third Thing no, you are third after you. After oh, okay, you, okay, okay, like that. I mean, okay. I can also do. I don't mind. No, 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 it's fine. I'll do it. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> my my third favorite is uh, again a very. I don't know. I think it, this film gained a little bit more popularity. Is uh, we are all going to the World's Fair, directed mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. Uh, Jane Shoburn. I think their name is Jesh, Jane Shoburn, and I think uh, this mm-hmm. is kind of. Uh, oh, this is like a. my i am a fan of desktop horror in general i think the concept uh desktop horror the, is what is desktop horror you're like unfriended the movies like unfriended host etc searching exactly yeah these mm-hmm. films which kind of take place in one well in a computer on a computer screen right and like they restrict mm-hmm. themselves to one location and all that stuff so this is largely restricted to being like a desktop horror and it's like where like fantasy and reality begin to blur for one teenager uh once they immerse themselves into a role playing horror game and this mm-hmm. role playing horror mm-hmm. game is this we are all going to the world so that's it's a horror game. film yeah it is yeah it's a okay. trans horror film that's what it's being like championed as i think okay uh, trans as in t r a n s uh horror film I know, it's I know. made okay. by a trans okay. filmmaker and okay. uh, and I think that's a key thing here because I saw two very different films before reading and after reading takes on it. Mm-hmm. So before reading, to me, this was a straight up super bleak, super depressing, super uh, someone loses their identity to the internet sort of mm-hmm. horror film. And after reading the takes, it was much more uh, complicated. intertwined you kind of mm-hmm. the ambig the whole film is i think and especially in the second watch i thought it was maybe a little it is maybe too ambiguous too mysterious and too unwilling to l- let people in in to like its world sometimes uh the film is the performance is not the performance is spectacular the, uh, mm-hmm. the lead performance is by anna cobb and she's incredible there's one incredibly unnerving scene in this where mm-hmm. uh some something goes from very normal to 
absolutely absurd to again normal in the span of whatever mm-hmm. two seconds and mm-hmm. it's terrifying uh but this is not like conventional at all and i think that might be a challenge in many respects for people mm-hmm. and it was i think more of a challenge on my second watch because i thought i would get more from the film in some ways mm-hmm. uh in not in terms of understanding but just in terms of uh uh emotional emotional engagement i thought the first time i was super intellectually and emotionally engaged second time less so irrespective mm-hmm. like it's a very unique look at this type of horror film that like you know it 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 very much i i suppose it's one of the few films which i would say that definitely read uh reviews about it after you watch it especially from okay. people who are trans people and from who are mm-hmm. who are more mm-hmm. informed about identity politics and uh, other things because i think it really casts the film's ambiguities in a totally different light and i think mm-hmm. it it kind of makes sense right because the trans identity in many senses rejects normal you know binaries in in terms correct. of good bad and like you get like correct, very correct. you know so the whole film is shrouded in that and like you don't know if the main character is losing themselves to the internet or are mm-hmm. they playing an act just to gain attention on the internet and that performance is fantastic i think the performance holds most of this uh together uh mm-hmm. the craft is great also like the way the film is made but i think the performance is key to making it uh emotionally grounded and mm-hmm. like, you know to get get mm-hmm. some sense of it but it's a, it's a great film and it's uh, the biggest endorsement it's 75 minutes long so Uh, yeah a 75 minute long great film is uh, rare uh, but but when it's there mm. i think must be championed also so yeah okay uh, yeah that's uh, that's my third uh, favorite mm, so my third favorite film this year is uh, puru which is a malayalam film starring mamutti mm. and it's directed by ratina who's a debutant mm. uh, so i am a huge fan of mamutti when he goes on these solo character driven films mm. um so what happened this film there's not a lot of plot to it but the whole it's a whole complete character study mm. and this character is okay i won't say hateful but you mm. i dislike i mean i mm. disliked him as yeah. a person he's like this very strict upper caste brahmin who actually hates people from other castes he mm. has this extremely racist uh, you know outlook towards a lot of people and you know his son is kind of traumatized by how his father treated him and he's a motherless kid mm. and the whole film is very fascinating in that sense because mm. and the 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 whole plot of the film in a way is is about he's paranoid that someone's trying to kill him and the way, and like the people he's you know you know given like all the reasons to you know kill mm. him um and this whole paranoia and the whole atmosphere it's very you know it's I'm, very very well directed first of I'm all i'm already sold yeah yeah i mean and it's exactly and it, yeah. it also has parvati in it who's playing his sister and she goes on and marries this guy who is from a lower caste and mm. he's an actor mm. so he's Sanjeev everything parvati as in uh, parvati tiruvattu from Yes, 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 yes. So okay, yeah, then so definitely going to watch it. So she, so she marries this guy who's who's basically the kind of guy who uh, Mamutti's character completely resents. 
so there is a different relationship there and he has a relationship with his other friends and the other kind of corruption that he's involved in at the mm. same time so it just it's very well made i mean mm. i loved it because it's because when he's in that zone where he's doing that whole character and i feel mauti is is an extremely fine character actor mm. because when he's in that zone and he's super subtle mm. because in films where i've actually not liked him and like the really really bad malayalam films that i've seen there was this one movie which i watched like i think that was my first film of his uh, what i watched and he's playing this father of a kid who's basically been raped okay and mm. uh, that film was really bad but in that film there's a scene where he has to react to this news of his daughter mm. and that reaction was so subtle and his mm. his whole his whole react i was like nobody can do this what he's done like legit nobody can do it not even your daniel de luces or whatever mm. because his reaction to his this news is, is isn't too exaggerated neither is it too it's so internalized hmm. and in, in the film is not even made well and yet he is able to communicate that emotion to you hmm. you get it so when mamuti is in that zone there is another movie uh, with the director called of of, uh, of uh, ram I forgot the name of the film which is i absolutely love that film mate piranbu tell me how to sorry piranbu piranbu which came out in 20 oh, i've heard about this a lot i've heard it's fantastic it's fantastic yeah. and there also his performance was magnificent hmm. so similarly i think he's in that zone and when he's in hmm. that zone i i think i i enjoyed it quite a lot and so where yeah. to watch it's on sony live it's on sony live perfect, perfect. you know la- you know last time sanjeev we talked about the in best indian films where i was basically just listening to you guys not contributing <sighs> at all uh yeah. the first thing i did was uh, after we finished the episode was went and watched churu leave because i listened to you actually so yeah yeah, yeah. i mean yeah. my okay. do it now what did you think about the film sanjeev <laughs> <laughs> i i liked it i liked it quite a lot but i have like yeah i it's it's not it it's like either it. you love this kind of movie or you hate i don't uh-huh. think so you can be in the middle kind of it was movie. great i like it was great in the sense that experience whatever exactly that year, exactly Sanjeev and he story. and i think uh, that film uh, lijo jos want like wanted that whole experiencing otherwise you won't enjoy it yeah. but it's sad that it came out on sony live and not in a theater but yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean theater, yeah, one plug is allowed sanjeev okay. no not one plug because i remember uh, he was supposed oh to release God. it in 2020 let me no no i'm legit no, no, let no, me no, just i was like the plug thing reminded me of the butt plugs and Uh, everything everywhere all at once weird that you're thinking about butts but anyway i'm not thinking okay, about think, butts and uh, not butt plugs but okay anyways okay. that anyone's like everyone's take away from this episode <laughs> butt plugs exactly yeah exactly <laughs> i have no Sorry. clue man like i don't know why you reminded of butt no but oh you were saying something sanjeet i will cut all this out maybe Uh, no, something about Lijo. No, no. I was just saying because he was supposed to release Churuli in 2020, mm. uh, and COVID. he couldn't because he wanted to get that whole theater thing done. Uh, he actually wanted that movie to be done in like four that VR four DX. Oh, reason. but that would make yeah, sense no, for no, that VR, movie. No, no, VR, VR. That would make sense for that movie, no? So yeah, I mean, so I mean, that is why I the whole theater thing. I was like, mm, I, okay. that wasn't me. That was him. 
Okay. But yeah, I think this is <laughs> the uh, this is the yeah. end of the episodes. We recommended like fairly good number of movies. We talked about our favorites. Um, please follow us on Instagram at queens dot film podcast. Follow us on Spotify. Please follow us on Spotify and rate us on Spotify because it helps us to reach out to more people. And we'd like to reach out to more people. Also, a lot lots more episodes coming soon in in the next few months. Uh, many more guests coming soon. Uh, so please, please follow us. Please rate us. Uh, you can follow Dhruv on his Instagram page at uh, Terminal Cinema. You can follow Shashwat on Instagram at Filmahole. I don't know if he's that active. Um, you can follow Aryan and Aryan Toxin. You can follow me at Pixel Baba. But you can check out Shashwat's uh, reviews, which are on High on Films, and Aryan's reviews everywhere and Dhruv's website. Nowhere. Whatever. Yes. Nowhere. <laughs> That's your website is literally the first search result. like what your you put terminal cinema and that's legit the first search result is your website so yeah but that's because I mean, no one else has that name i mean that's good uh, what do you call that branding that search search thing that google algorithm algorithm, algorithm. algorithm. Wow. yeah i mean like i said it like that since i had See, all the knowledge in the full, yeah. full planning i i yeah. know at once okay anyway uh thank you for listening thank you shashwat for coming on for this episode um thank you so much for listening this is the end of the episode khatam